One Pills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, welcome to a Wednesday edition of One Bills Live. Players on the practice field, including Von Miller. And we'll get into the particulars in due course here as far as who's participating and who is not, as there are some new injuries that the Bills have added to their injury report, which will officially come out later this afternoon. But head coach Sean McDermott, who addressed the media last hour, provided an update. And right now... We're working through some issues of our own. (laughs) Our internet service is down. Mom, the internet's not working. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're a little shorthanded here. For those that were listening earlier, you saw Sabres Live go down. Uh, So we had to kind of help them through the end of their show. And now we're going to be limping through at least the first part of the show with not all of our technological advances at our disposal. But we'll get through it. No issues here. Um, So as the base is pumping out on the practice field, we will tell you the following. As I mentioned, Von Miller is practicing today. Head coach Sean McDermott has had the same consistent message since Monday when he was first asked about this. Von Miller's availability, his return to practice, prospect of playing in games. All he is saying at this point in time is we are taking it one day at a time. Naturally, they have to see how he looks out here. Now, I know on his podcast, Steve, he said a much different thing. He said he's looking forward to practicing, and he said if he was a betting man, he would expect to see Von Miller, yes, in the third person, out on the game field on Sunday in London. Now, we've seen this before. Von, for the most part, has listened to the team's medical staff and the athletic training staff which is one of the main reasons he did not try to suit up for any of the first four games. He accepted the PUP designation, understood what the long game is here for his availability and him helping this football team this season. So he sits the first four games willingly, even though he probably thought he could play in some capacity. And now here we are week five, the first week he's eligible to play and He seems and sounds resolutely confident that he can contribute as soon as this week. Now, he is out on the practice field with a knee brace on, you know, working out. And I think they're going to evaluate how he looks, you know, because there's a ramp up period here, Steve. You could be doing all the training you want in the weight room and all the conditioning you want by yourself. It's different to play a game, correct? Game Uh, shape? Absolutely. Of course it is. It's, It's way different. But this is here's the thing. And there's a lot of dynamics at work here. Vaughn, if he, he'll tell you, they wouldn't let him play opening day. Yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to go four weeks ago, and they said, "No, nah, you know what? We're just going to make sure and give you that extra month. Get back to so you don't think Vaughn now a month later is saying, yeah, I don't know if I'm really feeling it. Yeah, right. He's he's going to say, put me on the field. And this was illustrated perfectly on the Sunday night game this week in the or Monday night Seattle New York Giants. Early Jamal Adams hadn't played a game in 385 days. Great safety for the Seahawks comes out, catches a knee in the head, and is wobbly getting up. He's he is screaming at the independent, independent neurological, neurological consultant. consultant, the guy who does the independent doctor who evaluates concussions so nobody's putting a guy out there when they shouldn't get out there. He says, you ain't going back in. And the player was yelling at him to let him back in the game. That's what 
it, that's what the dynamic is here. You got players who want to play, even if it's not in the best interests of their health, and even if it's dangerous. So Vaughn is sitting there going, "Dude, I'm ready. They cleared. Let's go." Mm-hmm. You know, and the team is going. You know, it's all well and good, Vaughn, but you know, we get into the divisional round or the you know <laughs> the championship round. We'd rather have you then than in week four or five in London against the Jaguars. So there's a lot of work here. Now, certainly, Vaughn could help you help make sure you get to the divisional round or the championship round of the conference or the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But you really need him in those games. Um. I do not think that a guy like Rousseau, who's out with a foot injury, mm-hmm. his status for this game is independent of Vaughn Miller. If Rousseau can't go, they're not going to say, wow, we, we really need Vaughn to play now. This is good. That's out of it. They're not going to say, okay, since this guy's hurt, that's ah, a perfect excuse. Let's put Vaughn in ready or not. Let's go. That's not like that. Uh, so, you know, I know some people are probably wondering that. Same thing with Tredavious White. They're not, you know – yeah, they, everybody's independent. They right. don't because this, that, then that. Certainly, when a guy is lost for the season, you got to make roster adjustments, no question, because there's an vacant space. But one has nothing to do with the other coming back in. If one's not healthy, he doesn't go in despite how badly you need him. Right. You mentioned Greg Rousseau. He is the new addition to the Bills injury report, not practicing today due to a foot injury. And Coach McDermott was asked for a little more clarity on Rousseau's situation, and he said, well, we'll just take it a day at a time, but he's pretty sore right now. Um, I did notice him limping a little bit towards the end of the game last week. I was hopeful it was just like a calf cramp or something because it was late in the game. We had seen a couple of players cramp up and come off the field. I was wondering, I was kind of hopeful that he was doing the same and just trying to fight through a cramp, but apparently it's a foot injury. So we'll see how he makes his way through the course of the week after a two-sack game last week. I mean, I, I really hope it's not anything that keeps him out for any length of time because, Steve, last year the guy's got four sacks in his first four games, gets the high ankle sprain, and the rest of his season's hijacked. Right. I, I don't want to see that happen to him again because I really think he's coming into his own here as a dependable pass rusher and edge setter in the run game. So hopefully that's just a day-to-day type injury that can improve enough where he can play again this week. Veteran rest days for Leonard Floyd, Matt Milano, and Micah Hyde. So those three guys down today for vet rest days. And then limited in practice today, Christian Benford with a shoulder injury. He's actually wearing a red non-contact jersey. And Jordan Poyer, who missed last week's game, Still uh, working his way back in fully, but limited today uh, with the knee soreness that kept him out of last week's game. So that's kind of where things sat, sit on the injury report. And, of course, the full and official injury report will be out later this afternoon. But that's what Coach McDermott filled us in on uh, as far as addressing the media about an hour ago. Also went into an interesting conversation, Steve, about how they solicited the help of their sports science department to plan out every single iota of their travel schedule for the biomechanics of the players to be at peak performance come kickoff 2.30 p.m. London time on Sunday. And Joe Collins, who heads up the sports science department here at One Bills Drive, was basically spearheading this whole plan 
And the plan essentially is overnight flight Thursday night into Friday morning. We're going to land in London about 6 a.m. London time, get through customs, which is going to take about an hour with all the people in this travel party, then bus to the hotel and stay up. Do not go to bed. Stay up as long as you can on Friday. Go through a walkthrough practice type thing. Do some media obligations. And then it sounds like they're going to, you know, go to bed at a regular London time. You know, 9, 10 o'clock at the latest probably. Sleep. Maybe even sleep a little extra. And then try to treat Saturday like a normal day in London. Right. Fully adjusted. So then by Sunday... They feel right as right. rain to Sunday, play at 2.30. Sunday, the game kicks off 2.30 local. As, of course, we all know here, it's going to be 9.30 a.m. here. Um, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. We'll see how they – because if they come – you know, and this, this game's, these games have been going on for a long time, so they've been doing this year after year. So there's other teams that you can consult and, and say, hey, how'd it work for you? What do you think? What'd you do? da 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 so there's no, no reason to think that the Bills aren't all over this and going to come out and play sharp right out of the gate. But you always kind of worry. Because I know, I, yeah. you know, you, we've all traveled, well, not all of us, but we've traveled, gone different time zones. It's like at some point you're like, wow, I am beat. It's like 3 o'clock. Yeah, you know? all those circadian rhythms. Yeah, whatever that is. Um, yeah, because the last time, eight years ago, when the Bills flew overseas, Bills had – a 1 o'clock game against the Cincinnati Bengals at home here at the stadium. And then from there, we jumped, well, not until about 6, 6.30 p.m., we jumped right on some buses, and we bussed up to Toronto. Oh, no, we didn't go to Toronto. We flew out here locally. Bus to the airport, flew out overnight, Sunday night into Monday, and spent the entire week in England and then played the game on Sunday. This, this time around, it is much different. Not getting there till early Friday morning and then playing Sunday and flying right back because the Bills do not have a bye week coming off this game. Teams that play overseas are given the option to get their bye week after traveling over to Europe. The Bills said, thanks but no thanks, we're going to play the next week, and that's why they host the Giants on Sunday night in week six. Their bye is not until week 13 in between the Eagles and Chiefs games, which are both on the road. So that is a that is a well-positioned buy, certainly better than getting it here in week six between Jaguars and Patriots, if you know what I mean. I do. So, so that's how that's going to play out. There's also news on the AFC Offensive Player of the Week front. We all, after Sunday's performance, thought Josh Allen was going to be a prime candidate for that award, and presto changeo. He is your AFC Offensive Player of the Week again. Uh, he's already won it twice in the span of the first four weeks of the season. And for the fifth time in 12 AFC Offensive Player of the Week namings, his performance has come against the Miami Dolphins. So now with five AFC Offensive Player of the Week nods Give me the stat. in games against the Dolphins, he has as many AFC Offensive Player of the Week awards when facing Miami as Tua has touchdown passes in his career against the Bills. It's 5-5. Five to five. 
that's a, that is unbelievable. That's pretty delicious. That is that is rub it on your face good. Yes. That is so good. That is oh my gosh. That's like chocolate pudding good. It is. It is uh, indeed. If you, so, yeah, I'm, and I know that people, you know, you go on social media, and Bills fans and Dolphin fans mix it up pretty good. They do. And to have that, that Josh is player of the week in the NFL. He's the NFL player, offensive player of the week. AFC. AFC offensive player of the week. Could probably more won it for the times, whole More times than Tua has thrown for a touchdown against the Bills. Well, no, it's the same. It's even. Five to five. Five to five. Until the next time. <laughs> right. Week 18. Uh, hopefully the Bills don't need that game in week 18. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hopefully yeah. they're sitting pretty well, here's locked the, into whatever yeah. seating they're in. The, the issue is this. You know, and here's where Bills fans are right now, and this is, you know, it's all fun and games, you know, talking about it after the fact, but here's where the Bills are right now. It's, it's kind of where the Dolphins are. You got both fan bases, both teams, both friends. You know your team's got it under the hood to go the distance. It's in there for you to go out and walk up, walk up and beat any team in the NFL. But you got to play well on that day. Yeah, that's right. You got to play well. Oh, we know, Steve. Now you got to do it for the next three months and stay sharp and healthy enough to get there. Win enough games to get there and give yourself a chance for those last three or four games of the season when you get into the playoffs. Both these teams, the Dolphins and the Bills, have proven over the last three, first month of the season that they're a force when they're on. They are an absolute force when they're on. You can, you can, you can call what you want, but there's, and I don't know that there's more than a handful of teams that really feel that way. Maybe there are. Bills, Dolphins, Niners, Chiefs, and who? Dallas, Right? They probably feel like that. Maybe a handful of teams, five teams that feel like, you know what, we just not got to get there and let's go. And I was making the joke on Monday after the game that, you know, this is the day when you wish the playoffs started tomorrow. You know, because you're playing so well, you're so healthy, you're so sharp that, you know, you're hard to beat yeah. for anybody. But you can't do that. You got to play another 13 games. So we'll see. We'll see. There is transactional news concerning the Bills as well. They made a practice squad move late yesterday. Obviously, with the news of Tredavious White's season ending injury, the Bills tried to fortify their ranks at the cornerback position. They signed Herb Miller, a uh, free agent player who has been on a handful of practice squads over the last four or five seasons. And he was most recently with Carolina and is now on Buffalo's practice squad. 6'1", over 200 pounds, so a tall, long corner. We know those are the kinds of corners the Bills tend to like. And so he is now on Buffalo's practice squad. And they already had two corners on their practice squad, as we know, in Jamarcus Ingram, the UB product and Kyron Brown, who signed with this team early in training camp after Cam Dantzler reached an injury settlement. So three corners on the practice squad right now out of 16 total players. So we'll see if and when they need to elevate somebody. I don't get the sense they'll need to do that this week. You have Kyrie Elam in reserve. I would expect him to be up and active this week 
to be the first corner off the bench if, God forbid, Dane Jackson or Christian Benford gets a knock or for some reason can't get healthy enough to play on Sunday. I mean, let's not dismiss that. He's out here in a red non-contact jersey right now. And he was out of – it looked – he went down hard after a tackle, and he thought, wow, we're not going to see him. And he came, actually came back out and finished he the game. He got a helmet I mean, right on his shoulder. Right on his shoulder. And, it, you know, so hopefully it was a bruise and it wasn't, you know, didn't dislocate and pop back in, that kind of thing. you got to drag that yeah. around for four more months. But if he is even a little iffy, like if he can play, but they're not 100% certain about him getting through the whole game. Right. You can't just have Kyrie Elam. You've got to have another guy on top of that, well, and I would be... say the the likely candidate for practice squad elevation would be Ingram. Right, because of his experience in his – yeah, and because of his experience in the defense. And with some of the players and, in the secondary right. as so, well he's played with. And, that, and there may be – they may bring two guys up, uh, particularly if Vaughn does not make the trip to London or if he doesn't play in London. Yeah, I would think he makes the trip. Um, He'll be on the trip. As I meant play, you know. But yeah. yes, I get it. Um, what What does your gut tell you about what they're going to do with Vaughn? Well, Steve, it's interesting you ask me that because that's our topic of discussion today. Is it? It is indeed. I had no idea. Question is, how should the Bills <laughs> handle the return I did have of Vaughn Miller? And your choices are as follows. A, wait. Don't rush him back. B, Start him, but don't overload him. C, turn him loose. He's 100% or D, other. Now, the early returns have him uh, have A, wait, don't rush him back as the most popular answer. It's getting more than half the vote right now. But a close second at 40% of the vote, Steve, start him, but don't overload him. So that's kind of yeah. what you're looking at right now. If nobody's saying turn him loose 100%. Let's go. The only reason, I'm telling you right now, Steve, the only reason they're saying wait and don't rush him back because the pass rushes look pretty damn good without him. Yeah. That's part of the reason I of think people, this poll is this weighted. And I'll say this too, because I know how, I think I know how fans think that most of them don't know. What happens if, what would people say if we said Rousseau's out this week? I think it might change a little bit. <laughs> right. I think it might change a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let us know what you think. How should the Bills handle the return of Von Miller? Choices are in the poll, but you can give us a call. 803-0550, 888 I'm not 100%. I can take calls right now, but we're going to try to work our way around that as best we can through the course of the show. Um, we'll probably break first to make sure we've got a handle on that uh, before we take the phone calls. Yeah, the we bills do, aren't. We do seem to have our internet back, so maybe that gives me hope that we yeah, can take. Yeah, the calls. bills aren't the only team, Steve, potentially getting a pass rusher back in their ranks. Their opponent this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars, activated the 21-day practice window for one of their premium pass rushers, Dwayne Smoot, who is going to start practicing today for the Jaguars. And talking to some of the people down in Jacksonville. It seems as though it's a bit of a long shot to expect him to play on Sunday. He's coming off a ruptured Achilles suffered last season, which I think most people would say is a more severe injury than an ACL, but I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to weigh in on that. But, uh, you know, that's – you need that to be a pass rusher, to be explosive, you know, get off, all that stuff. So most people were of the opinion down in Jacksonville that it might be a little 
too much to ask for Dwayne Smoot to practice for three days and then play in a game on Sunday. But he is back practicing. We'll see what they think about him and whether he's good enough to be up for Sunday's game. Von Miller kind of in the same boat here. So yeah, two pass rushers too. with skins on the wall in this league. I mean, those guys yeah. have been around. Yeah, it is. And, you know, let's face, you know, we talked about Christian Benford being out there in a red jersey. Vaughn was not. You know, I mean, it's like he just showed up and he's ready to go. Um, it'll be interesting to see because he's not limited in practice, obviously. So I don't know if that adds a dimension to it or not. But I, and I say it again, you know, Vaughn wants to play. He wanted, I, we got wind through the grapevine and all that that said Vaughn, and he said it. I mean, it's not through the grapevine, it's Vaughn said it. He on goes, his podcast. I, I wanted to play. And the team put the brakes on him. So, um, you know that hasn't changed. So what? It's it's going to be a it's going to be a hard conversation, maybe, or maybe it won't. Maybe they say, okay, you're in, go, dude. Yeah, we're going to rotate you. We're going to give you half a rotation or full rotation, or you tell us how you want to be rotated. I think the guy might go. Yeah, we'll have to see how he makes his way through the week. And I believe Coach McDermott talks again tomorrow, so he'll undoubtedly be asked, how did you think Vaughn moved at practice? How do you think he looked? Do you think he's ready to go? I don't know that we're going to get a definitive answer after one practice. What are you going to gain? I mean, certainly he gives you a better – you're better with good – you know, good players make you better. Vaughn right. is certainly a good player. Maybe great even at this point of his career. He might be tremendous. But – you go from having him play 13 games for you to at least, if he's going to play at all, he's got to play after the 21-day window. So it would be, what, four, three more games. So that means you keep seven games, he's 10 plus playoffs. He's going to play at least 10 games for you at playoff, if they stretch this as far as they can go before they actually start playing him. It's a lot of games. It is. A lot of games. He's also a freak of nature. Well, he's yeah, and Sean was asked at length about that today. He said, "What kind of you know is he? He said, listen, he he's handled everything like a pro. Everything he has done has been outstanding, and he's right. We've all seen it. I mean, Vaughn's a special dude. He's got a great positive attitude. He's been an absolute mentor to the young guys on this practical on the on the uh, defensive line, the pass rush." I mean, you're, you're talking about he would come back the next three games, 21 days, he'd come back after the Patriot game at New England. He'd be here for the Bucks, Bengals, Broncos, Jets, Eagles to before the bye. That would be four games and then a bye week. If, he, if you extended his pup uh, designation through the 21-day window. window. Yeah. That would give you yeah, because he's not on the active roster yet. That should be notable. That should be noted. Mm-hmm. He's still on PUP, and he can stay there for three weeks, as Steve right. mentioned. So if if you push it back past the Jaguars, past the Giants, and past the Patriots, that gives him the Buccaneers in Week Eight, which is like I said. Well, that would be five. I'm sorry, that's five games before the bye week. Yeah. Then you have the bye week, and there's five more games. So. So those essentially are your Bills practice updates presented by LECOM, the Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, 
This week's game against the Jaguars in London, presented by Pepsi. Pepsi is the official soft drink of the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to feel about this. We know that the people in Las Vegas like the Bills in this game. They have them favored by five and a half points. People have talked about jet lag, being acclimated to the time change. How much does that impact what people think of this game? I don't know. The Bills feel they have their sports science people on top of that. We'll just have to see how that plays out. And we'll have to see how the week plays out at the cornerback position, knowing you're already down Tredavious White and Christian Benford is still limited in practice here on Wednesday. There's plenty of time between now and Sunday. But what does he look like tomorrow? And the next day. So that'll kind of lead to some decision-making at the cornerback position and how much more you have to dig into your depth chart so you have the proper numbers for a game day Sunday. Yeah, and, I, and at the very core of it, it's like, yeah, having a guy who plays that position getting ready to play. But, you know, you get higher and higher level of readiness. This is a deep roster. Even a month into the season, they're still very deep. But, you know, the further you get into it, the thinner and, you know, the shallower and shallower your depth chart gets. Um, we said it. It was a stark reminder on Sunday when Benford goes down with his shoulder and then Tredavious goes down with his Achilles. You All of a sudden, your two top corners are out of the game like that. In a quarter and a half, you got, you're down to your third and your fourth and fifth corners as, as Taron is still on the field. That's not a place where you can be. You can't, you can't go any deeper than that, right? Benford finally comes back on to finish the game. But that gives you a stark reality of what, what can happen. What happens if, you know, well, you get it. You got three running backs. What happens when two of them go down and the last guy on your roster is, you know, Damian Harris? He, he's got to carry the load. That's it. So you don't have any choice. And what do you do next week? Right. So that's – yeah, we're in that now. We're in the first month of the season. You got guys falling and going down, and you got to look around and say, "Okay, we need you to step up." And yeah, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott will do the best they can to cover for these guys. But yeah, you got guys. You know, you got Leonard Floyd, M Matt Milano, Micah Hyde. They're all taking veteran rest days already. You know, it's three, four weeks in. Let's you know start maintaining and pacing getting in the people. grind, pacing you. Uh, Rousseau's taking a day off today. And then Benford and Poyer. Well, no, Rousseau are has an injury. <laughs> Rousseau's injured. Benford and Poyer, they're taking it easy, too. They're not taking a day off, but they can't go hard. They're too fragile. They're trying to heal up. And you got Vaughn on the side. I mean, this is, there's a lot going on here all of a sudden after a month of the season. Yeah. And it probably will just continue because once you get to the regular season, the NFL becomes triage. That's really what it is for That's every right. team. That's right. It's triage. I mean, for the rest of the season. We have to take a break here. When we come back, hopefully we will be able to answer your phone calls. So if you're there at 803-0550, hang tight. Hopefully we'll be able to get to you after this break here. And plenty coming your way on the show today, including one day Quan Jones in studio after practice today. It's One Bills Live presented by Kaleida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio.
right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Happy to say that the phone call board is back up and ready to roll. So we're taking your phone calls at 803-0550-1888-550-2550. The number to get on board. And we also want to tell you a topic of discussion today. How should the Bills handle the return of Von Miller? Your choices are as follows. A, wait, don't rush him back. B, start him, but don't overload him. C, turn him loose, 100%. Or D, something else. So right now, leader in the clubhouse is wait, don't rush him back. So if you want to chime in on the tweet sheet, you can do that as well, at One Bills Live. But uh, let's go to the phones here. And leading us off today is DJ in Connecticut. What do you got for us, DJ? You're on One Bills Live. Hi, guys. Uh, great stuff. Thanks for choosing my call. Uh, I think Vaughn should play limited basis. They got a very good quarterback and iffy on Rousseau. Um, I got two things. Question for Steve and a request for Chris when you're over uh, in London. So, uh, Steve, uh, I love the conversation yesterday about play, action, pass. Learned a lot. The question is, is when does the offensive line know that indeed Josh has not handed it off and is going back, and so they have to go from pushing forward like a run to uh, protecting him and being in pass protect? Yeah, so Steve, question is, when does the offensive line know on a play-action pass? Steve's having trouble hearing through yeah, his uh, hear IFB my, right my now, thing. so I'm just relaying the question to him. Okay. So the question is, Steve, on a play-action pass, when does the offensive line know that it is not a run but, in fact, a pass and react, react accordingly? How does the offensive line know it's a – They know the play call in the huddle, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's called. It's called in the huddle. It's so called, they know beforehand. They, re- they rehearse making it look like a run. They practice making it look like a run, knowing that they can't go downfield – and they can't, you know, there's certain rules you got to fly. And, yeah, the play's called. That's why. I mean, yeah. So they run, is that they run I, is block that what he's asking? a little bit. Yeah, they run block a little bit to sell the run. And then, yeah. obviously, and then they, there's a lot of techniques they use. Like, like you'll see back, back in the day, um, our offensive line coach would, Tom Bresnan, would tell his guys, if you want to make it look like a run, Swing your arms back before you go, you know, like you're going to come forward like this. And so you'd see all five of our offensive linemen come off the ball, well, come off the ball, but not go forward. And they would swing their arms like they were running forward. And it gives the idea, the body language creates the illusion for the defensive line that they're coming off the ball like that. All that stuff. But it's all told, they know beforehand. Yeah, they know what the play call is in the huddle. So they know it's a pass that's coming. Of course, right. Right. Um, What's the second part, DJ? Okay, um, I love the new stadium. Very disappointed that the canopy is only going to cover around 30%. Uh, when you go there, I think the Tottenham Stadium is something like 60 or even 90%. Uh, I was at um, uh, 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 Miami last two years ago when it poured rain and um, totally dry, 20 rows back or whatever. And the most miserable part about attending a Bills game is when it's cold and you're wet. Yeah. So um, can, you fig- can you find out why 
the Bills Stadium is only going to be twenty or thirty percent. DJ, I think you're I think you're incorrect on that figure because everything I've been told is it's going to cover sixty to sixty five percent of the seats. Oh, great! Okay, yeah, it's not twenty twenty. It's more than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's only covering twenty percent of the seats, what the hell are you paying all that money for a canopy for? So. So, so I, from what I've been told, and I have no reason to believe this is inaccurate, it's going to cover 60 to 65% of the seats in the new stadium. So it's going to operate and function much like the canopies you see in the European soccer stadiums. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very anxious to get a look at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium knowing that the Bills Stadium is modeled after that one in many facets, including the canopy. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that operates. The other thing I'm interested in seeing, Steve, is we've been told all along that the contour and design of the Bills' new stadium is to rain the noise down onto the field right. more effectively with a high pitch um, of the seating, and Tottenham Hotspur is designed that way as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the noise from the fan base functions there as well in terms of making life difficult for the quote-unquote visiting team which technically in this game is Jacksonville right yeah you're gonna listen the new stadium's gonna be completely different than the old stadium and it's gonna take some adjustment and some getting used to but I will say this as different as it's gonna be I think almost everybody who goes in there is gonna like it a lot better than the old as much as we love Highmark you're going to love this new stadium. Uh, you're going to like it even more. It's just going to be a much better place to go to see a game. And if you want a ticket, you're going to be able to afford a ticket. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be like that. There's certainly, and like, just like this place, just like Highmark is now, there are tickets I can't afford, right? <laughs> so it's going to be like that. But if you're going to want to go, you're going to be able to afford a seat and you're going to love it and you're going to go and you're going to have a great time. And there's, it's going to be set up for Buffalo as well. One of the, the cool things about it is they took great care in putting some stuff in the stadium that is Buffalo centric centric. And it's, it says Buffalo from, from fits and finishes the way it looks on the outside, the way it feels on the inside and the way it's set up and the land, the landscape on the inside is going to be, have a ton of places where you're going to gather as bills fans which is what Bills fans like to do. It's a big family, right? So all that's been taken into account for this new stadium. You're going to absolutely love it, I promise you. Now, it's an outdoor stadium, no question about it. And there's always going to be those people who say, who, you know, like me, uh, the old guy yelling at clouds sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you should have been a roof. You know, they're not going to put a roof on it. And it's going to be an outdoor stadium, and they're going to have grass, and it's going to be a natural surface. And let me just say, it's, for everything you always wanted in the stadium, and it may not have everything you always wanted, you're still going to love this stadium. I, pr- I, I promise you. I've, I've done games for CBS. I did them for 21 years. I went to all the new states, the Baltimore stadiums, the Seattle stadiums, uh, Chicago's new stadium, Denver's new stadium, uh, where's an, uh, Arizona's new stadium, Jacksonville's new stadium when they came in, uh, Carolina, all those stadiums who were new, Houston's new stadium, and of course Dallas's Jerry World's new stadium. Everybody, every single fan base loved the new stadium better than the old stadium. It's just, it's just the way it goes. Now, there's always a fringe that's going to, they're never going to be happy and they're going to like, you know, they wish they had, they just want a dome. 
that kind of thing. But I'm telling you, 99% of the fans who go in this new stadium are going to love it. And love it. And believe me, a lot of thought went into every detail. And the noise is a big one for this fan base. Let's get back to the phones, and we go to Bryce in New Hampshire next. What do you got for us, Bryce? Yeah, thank you, gentlemen, for taking my call. Sure. Um, As far as the vote goes, I I think we ought to play Vaughn, but I think we should do it lightly. I mean, I think he needs to be he needs to be on his you know ready to dive in, uh, and you know you want to make sure he's ready to go. So I would I wouldn't overdo it. But my my real question is, I've been following the Bills since 1962. And uh, I've seen a lot of different teams like you have. <laughs> we've had we've had our share of different you know ups and downs. Uh, but I want to go back to the '90s, the team that we went to the Super Bowl four straight four straight years, which was an absolute excellent team with Kelly and the guys. But I want to compare that team with the team that we have now, and I'd like you to if you could talk on the subject as to which one, which team do you think is better? The one we had back in the 90s or the one we have now? I'll hang up and listen. All right, well, yeah, it's always a tough comparison because the game was very different in the 1990s than it is now. You're playing a different game. Um, the rules are different. The players are different. Even the equipment is different. So it's tough to compare. Um, and you know, and you can make it both. You can make a tough comparison both directions. One, the, these guys are bigger and stronger and and more athletic and better taken care of. And the sports science, they're in better all that stuff. Plus, they're you know they're top flight learning curves and and the way they teach these guys. Uh, complexes are more com- the offenses and defenses are more complex and more wide ranging because the players coming out of college are more polished because they're getting better coaching deeper into their into the lower levels of football. But you go back and you make the other car- the other side of the coin for the '90s guys. You got five guys who ultimately made it into the Hall of Fame who were walking around on the field. You know, Bruce, Jim, Thurman, Andre, James Lofton. They're all and you got Cornelius Bennett and Kent Hull who should be in. So. You know, you're talking about guys who are among the elite to have ever put on a helmet. That's a tough comparison for these guys because until they get there, you don't know. Now, certainly Josh is on that course. Even Steph is on that course. Milano might be a guy who's considered to be on that course. Um, So it's a tough comparison to make because of the time changes. I'll say this. um, The 90s guys against these guys today, I'd like to see the game. (laughs) You know, I'd like to see the game. Be pretty good. It'd be a fun game. Be a fun game. Uh, Let's get back to the phones and to John in Clarence next. What do you got for us, John? Hi, guys. Good show. Um, I apologize if I'm repeating anything um, because I just got into my truck and I'm listening. But uh, as far as the Von Miller situation, he needs to play. Um, I have no doubt about that. If the doctors say he's okay, if he feels like he can play, let him play. He's not an everyday, he's not an every down player anymore. So he's not going to be out there every down, at least not initially. Um, and I just think it's a waste. You paid all this money to get this guy. Um, nobody can predict injuries. We saw that with Trey White. He goes through a year recovery. He comes out, he plays three games. 
he tears his ACL. It's tragic, but it was it was just purely freakish almost. So, I mean, to keep him on the bench to think, well, we're going to save him a little bit and keep him from injuring his re-injuring his knee. I think it's fallacy. I think they need to play him. That's my opinion. All right. I like the opinion, John. Very well said. And you can make the argument on John's behalf. They already did that the first four weeks. Yeah. He was, I mean, there seemed to be some wondering that he was ready to go week one. And they said, you know what? Let's, uh, let's use some discretion here. Let's err on the side of caution. Let's wait another month. So I think the waiting is over. I mean, if he looks good in practice this week, yeah, get him out there. Um, it's football. We all know the risks, the inherent risks of playing this game. And it's like I just said in the last segment, once you get to week one, what you're doing with your football roster is triage. That's why you have an athletic training staff the size that you have for an NFL team. It's why you have a medical staff. It's why you have a sports science staff. Because everyone in the building and everyone in the league knows any injury can happen on any given play. It is a collision sport. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of major injuries that we've seen recently have happened without any contact. Yeah, it could happen in practice. Um, that's what I, I agree with you. You can't. Jalen Ramsey got hurt in practice. That's right. You, For the Dolphins. Yeah, why? Yeah, if you're going to. And he's right. If you're not playing him and he wouldn't. You don't know if he'd get hurt anyway. So you're wasting him, this player, by sitting, letting him sit and watch. Uh, you can't predict the future. So why try to prevent something that may not happen anyway? That there's just as good a chance that it will not happen as there is that it will. Um, let him play. He, he's not going to play 100% of the snaps. None of these guys ever do in this, in this def- defense. Let him play 35% of the snaps or 40%. That's enough. He'll help. And if he feels it and the doctors say, good, I'm kind of with, I'm kind of with uh, John. John on this. Yeah. So turn him loose. I am too. Break time for us here when we get back. More of your phone calls. Mark in New Jersey, Jeff in Buffalo, and others at 803-0550. We'll get to you when we return here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Ticketmaster is the presenting sponsor of the Buffalo Bills 2023 season. Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the NFL. We're getting back to the phones at 803-0550, where we are asking you, how would you handle Von Miller's playing situation on Sunday? The poll is up at One Bills Live on Twitter, and your choices are A, wait, don't hurry him back, B, play him, but do so sparingly. C, he's 100%, let it rip, or D, something else. And right now, with more than half the vote, is wait, don't rush him back. There is a respectable 41.5% that are saying start him, but don't overload him. What do you think? 803-0550, back to the phones we go into Jeff in Buffalo. What do you got, Jeff? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call today. Great job, as always. Uh, one big concern, obviously, Miller isn't going to come back if he's not 100%, but just curious what type of field is at the uh, Tottenham Stadium because I'd sure love to see him at least, if he's going to come back, start him on grass. Well, we know how these turf uh, turf fields can be. But 
Yeah, it's just wondering. It, uh, just wondering what they have out there. Yeah, it's turf over there. They have the grass field for the soccer team, but then that field goes out on a conveyor, and the turf field comes up from beneath it through a series of hydraulic lifts and replaces that field. So the grass field slides out, turf field slides in for football, and off you go. Uh, that's why it's a state-of-the-art facility. So it is turf for football. The next game for the Bills, also on turf, Sunday night here against the Giants. Up to the Patriots, I believe it is turf in New England. Mm -hmm. So now you're into week seven. And then week eight, where are we week eight? I don't even remember. I haven't thought that far ahead. So, Well, I've got it right the here. Next, it's the Bucks. Oh, Tampa yeah, Tampa Bay, Bay here. here, turf again on a Thursday right. night. So now you're into week nine. Then you're just at to get them on grass. Then you're at Cincinnati. Turf again. Turf again. Then you're the Broncos. That's grass. That's grass. The Jets. That's turf. Philadelphia. That's turf. Chiefs. That's grass. I think. So yeah. I mean, there you go. So yeah, it, uh, we're we're home against the Bucks. So it's turf. It's turf. There you go. So turf for a while. That's basically what you're looking at. So if he's ready, play him. I mean, it, for me, it's, it's that simple. That might be an oversimplification, but I think he was we, probably ready to. Look, we got to remember this, too. It's a seven- to nine-month rehab, okay? He had the injury on Thanksgiving. He had surgery like a week later. He had surgery right after. Because if you remember, they didn't initially believe it right. was a torn ACL. Dr. Andrews goes in, sees a partially torn ACL, and says, okay, we got to fix this, too. So... Because it was a meniscus deal and some stuff with that, and that's what they went in to right. fix. It was and then not... they found the partially torn ACL. But my point is, first week in December is when he had the surgery. Okay, so January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So for a seven- to nine-month rehab, you're at the 10-month mark now. He looks good in practice this week. Get him out there. Well, yeah. Now, nobody is except our loyal and – faithful listeners are give a hoot about what we brownie and i say <laughs> well sure we're we're not, I'm not the, a doctor we're but we're not in the decision making loop with this whole thing though but we we're interested in what the fans think and i think by asking this question i mean we're asking it a couple of ways there's a couple of levels here bills fans would love to see vaughn play he's a great player i want to see him in the bill in the helmet and on the field i want to see the guy play for us two if he's out there and he's 100%, he's going to help win games. Right. We saw he's going to help win games. Kansas now, City game. On the other end of the spectrum, the Bills have scored 38, 37, and 48 in consecutive weeks. How much help do they really need right about now? They are rolling people. Now, every game's different, and it, this could be another 6-9 to nine Jacksonville game like we've seen Oh, before, perish that thought. Right? But still uh, – this is a team that, like you call it, everybody's calling it, they're a wagon right now. So there's no real hot flame fueling the desire to get him back on the field at all costs because they ain't, they're they not going to make it without him kind of thing. Yeah. Right now they see Von Miller as gravy. That's, that's, that's Right. He's the cherry on a cake that is really good. Mm -hmm. So there's all of that stuff in this stew about Von. Yeah. And not to plus, mention, not yeah. to mention – these aren't the games you really want to win. It's the ones at the end. 
Well, you do want to win your AFC conference games, and this is an AFC conference game. That should not be dismissed. I get it. It's the second tiebreaker. That's all. That's all. I know, and I know that stuff's important, but it's important at the end. You want to win every single game every week, and you can't do that unless you play your best in this league. You you got to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got to have that mentality, and that's the mentality these guys have. And they're going through their process of getting ready like they have over the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, good players make you better. Yes. Yep. But there's yeah, there's so much in this decision. I get it. Particularly because we've seen Vaughn be an enormous difference maker. Let's get back to the phones, and we'll squeeze in Mark in New Jersey before the break here. What do you got for us, Mark? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, I, Jacksonville is in just as much uncharted territory as this Bills regime. They're, they're the first team to ever play two straight weeks in in England. And I think they'll be at the point where, like, we just want to get back home. They're, they're playing. They, they're in a different environment. They played in Wembley last week. They're playing in Tottingham. Sorry, you can't see a game, Chris. They're in Luton. Um, it's just, it, it, they're, they're, I, the food is terrible. The facilities are, soccer facilities are, are much more Spartan than NFL facilities because of the size of the, the team. Maybe if the academy, uh, they're using the academy place, they might have it much, much bigger. But, um, yeah. And, Steve, I have one question. Always history for you, like with the, you know, used to watch the Bills. I watched the 1990s team highlights. How many block kicks did you guys have during that season? Because it looked like every time I watched a game, James Williams was blocking a kick. Yeah. um, (laughs) During the 90s season, I couldn't tell you. I know we had like, oh, I don't know if it was the same year. We had two games in there, one against the Steelers, one against the Broncos, where we blocked two in both those games. Wow. Uh, But I don't know if they were even the same season. Yeah, it's... What do I know? You know, I can't remember. I'm old. But yeah, I had, you know, in my career, I had seven block kicks in the regular season playoffs. And, uh, and then, ha- and some, well, actually, I had seven block kicks and then a couple that didn't count as blocks because they went past the line of scrimmage. Like the one in the Super Bowl, I blocked it, but it went out of bounds and it was like a five yard punt. So it didn't really count as a block punt, that kind of stuff. And then I had a, <laughs> I had a bunch in the preseason. That was, that was always fun. But yeah, that, that team in the '90s, it was uh, hitting on all cylinders, and James Williams had a, had a block or two, and yeah, we were we were every yeah, I, not that many, some seven's a lot. Well, that was my whole career as a thirteen. That's a lot career. for a career. Well, is there yeah. anybody that's had more than that? Oh yeah, I think. I mean, maybe some big tall linemen well, that put Alan their Page. Hand. Yeah, Alan Page had like eleven. Yeah, you know, I don't know if there's many guys your size that have that many. Um, <laughs> there's only like three guys my size that I'm, ever played. Well, I'm. Just, <laughs> You know what I'm I mean. Teasing. You know what I mean. That, but yeah, I got you. Uh, we have to take a break here. Hour number two is going to be jam-packed with Bills. Uh, players, that is. We're expecting to have Daquan Jones in here, fresh off the practice field in studio. Look forward to talking to him. And as players make their way to the post-practice podium to address the media, we will have their comments for you as well, including the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Josh Allen. All coming up in hour number two here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio.
on Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are, hour number two on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. In a little bit, we'll have defensive tackle Daquan Jones joining us in studio after practice has concluded for the day today. And we'll also have some post-practice comments from the players as they address the media, which we will carry here, including your AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Josh Allen. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Want to get to the tweet sheet for your thoughts there. Haven't cracked that open to this point in the show. Tweet sheet brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. As we are asking you today, how should the Bills handle the return of Von Miller? Practicing today, has a chance to play on Sunday. Choices are A, wait, don't rush him back. B, start him, but don't overload him. C, turn him loose, he's 100%. Or D, something else. And most of you have said, wait, don't rush him back. I would argue that that's what they did the first four weeks. They waited and didn't rush him back. And now it's week five. Yeah. It's an extra month. He's, he's probably good to go. What you're, you know, the only thing you worry about in that scenario is you're going from zero to 60. In game shape. Right. Uh, but he's a part-time player. That's he's a right. All player. those guys up there rotate. He'll play. Even if he takes a regular rotation, he'll play like 35% of the defensive snaps. And that means, you know, he's going to play first and second down a couple of times before he gets to the third down pass rush, too. Uh, now, they could, you know, situationally substitute him and do all that stuff. But I don't know if you want to do that either. I think, you know, let the guy get into the game and get a rhythm, play some, play some rundowns, play some pass downs, play some zone, play some cover, drop into coverage, rush the passer a bunch. All of that stuff, you want to see him do the whole spectrum of what a – defensive ends asked to do but I don't know if you want to like I said I'm he's only going to do that all of that stuff within 30 percent of the snaps yeah let's see what you say on the tweet sheet Jay says I'm torn between a and b but leaning towards a which is wait don't rush him back as much as I would love to see him out there our rushers have been holding it down for him want to see him extra healthy in our tougher games I would argue he's not practicing unless he's healthy yeah, there is no such thing as extra healthy. I mean, I get it, but I I want to see him 100% for the playoffs. I want to see him 100% and like greased lightning in week 19, 20, 21, and 22. Well, what's to keep him from doing that if he plays, this, plays in week That's five? right. Yeah, I mean – the only thing to keep him from doing it is the wear and tear of a grind of a season. True. I mean, they got three week three weeks to go, and you know, so there's a long way to go, and that's that long way to go is what worries you. Jeremy on the tweet sheet says, "I'm perfectly fine letting him sit until week seven. We're doing just fine with him sitting for now. We would be a lot happier knowing he has some fuel in the tank for a post regular season run, which is kind of what Steve was just getting at now. Which you know, I get." But there's something in my head that has a problem with not playing a player who is deemed healthy by a medical staff. Who wants to play. Who wants to play and is an all-pro caliber player. Like, there's something in my head that says, what, this does not compute. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. You don't want to – because I'll say this, we, and who knows it better than the Bills, it's a hard league to win in. And you got to be firing on all cylinders in order to get it done. 
And there's and, no guarantee that's going to happen every single week. I know the last three right. weeks have looked that way, but there's no guarantee that's going to happen again this week. Yeah. On the other side of the long grind of hope he makes it through the rest of the season, there's also this. He may make a couple of plays that give you a chance to have a week off at the end of all this. He may make a couple of plays that may, are the difference between you getting in and not getting in. Or being this the number guy, one seed or not the number one this seed. This guy makes a difference even on a good team like Buffalo. So there is that. And I, uh, the, most players feel, I think, like I do. You can't play worrying about getting hurt. You can't play scared. That's you how can't, you get hurt. You don't play the game thinking, gosh, I hope I don't get hurt. Or You, don't, you just can't do that. And, or, or you're not going to be able to play well no matter how talented you are. Uh, so you can't predict the future. That's a, it's a game of chance. And I understand that if you don't play, there's no chance, usually. But I, I'm, I'm with you. You need it in a game like this, in a league like the NFL, you need to have all your weapons on both sides of the ball available as much as you can to win. Fully loaded, cocked and loaded and ready to go yeah. every single week. Let's go back to the phones and to John in Williamsville. What do you got for us, John? You're on One Bills Live. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm under the, the point that I want him to play. Uh, it's not just about uh, uh, if he's medically ready, we want him to go. We want him not just to uh, sit for a future game because I want to see how his knee reacts. I want him to see how he feels pushing a 320-pound opposing tackle at full speed. And I want to see how his leg reacts three, four days later. Was there swelling? Was there issue? Was there soreness? And, and then they'll be able to tell, and Vaughn will be able to tell if he's really ready to go or he needs more time. Yeah, I, I think those well, are all. Thing. I think those are valid points. They are, except those are points that have been answered in the preceding twelve weeks. I mean, they've tested his knee as hard as you can test it without playing football, and there's no swelling. That, that's all been done. There's no. That's the point. That's they wouldn't turn him loose if that was anything right. of the case. He wouldn't be medically He's been cleared through, to practice, folks. That's what rehab is. That's what rehab is. You go in there and you bust a gut getting better, and you go harder and harder and harder and harder until finally you go hard as long as you can and then see how it feels. That's, that's what rehab is. He's been through all that. So that, and he's probably been through it before day one, week one. And that's why he's saying, hey, man, let's go. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, they've already been there. And I get you're right. You got to go through those steps. That's in the rearview mirror at this point. He's on the practice field. Yeah, the hardest stuff has been accomplished already, with yeah. respect to his rehab and state of readiness to play a football game. Now it's just practice, know the game plan, and go. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Greg on the tweet sheet says, "Pass rush has come alive in the past two weeks. No need to rush him. Let him get back in football shape this week." and the next, and then unleash him. Look, I, I'm, I'll be the first person to say I respect what game shape is more than anybody else. But if he was playing, if he was an offensive lineman playing 68, 70 snaps a week, okay, I would listen to the game shape argument. Yeah. He'll be lucky to play 30. Right. So, that's the thing. You, and that's that, one of our choices on the poll. Do you give him a pitch count? 
Yeah, start but here's him, but the don't thing. Don't overload him. Well, yeah, okay, but here's what happens. I mean, you know what? You know what's going to happen? They'll give him a pitch count. Somebody else, Rousseau's foot gets hurt, and now he's playing a hundred percent of the snaps, and you ain't got no choice. He's got to go because if you don't, you're playing like who? You're playing Kingsley Jonathan. Kingsley Jonathan? No, you're playing like Deontay Hardy over there. You're playing – Steph Diggs is going to be rushing the passer. You, you run out of guys. Come on, come on. You run out of guys, right? I don't know if I'm going that far. But, but that's, a, that's what you're looking at. You, all of a sudden, now he's got to take 100% of the snaps because some, you know, somebody's got to tweak their hammy. Yeah. Now, now what are you going to do? He's in the game. You've got to have him play because you're out of guys. Mm-hmm. That's – you know, you've, we've seen it. We almost saw it at cornerback last week for the Bills. I'm going to get higher for the Bills. Woo wee! I am passionate. Today. Apparently, right? My so, goodness. Yeah, I, and I'm with you. He's going to be ready, but it's going to. It's the adjustment for me isn't. And after going through all I've been through and seeing guys play, and it's it's a real thing. I'm not going to. I don't want to belittle it. The, the adjustment is not physical. It's between his ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you heard Coach McDermott say it today. I have not been around a more positive individual who is mentally tough with a mindset that is unmatched to his. What did he say? He was sending out Instagram posts right after surgery. He's probably still under anesthesia. Sending out Instagram posts like, I am so joyful. This is going to be a great rehabilitation. Yeah. I'll be back in no time and better than ever. And I'm thinking to myself, is that the anesthesia talking? Does he really feel this way? Yeah. He really feels that way. If yeah, you've ever sat down and talked five minutes to Von Miller, yeah. resolutely I've, I've positive been, I've, about everything. I've interacted with some of the people at the Stedman Clinic out in Aspen as well. And that is a place that's on it. So they're gonna, he's coming out of surgery, and they're going to tell him exactly what's gonna, what his knee is in, what kind of shape it's in, what it's going to look, what he can expect, and all that. And he probably did get a probably pretty positive feedback about how the surgery went and all that. And all, so he's let's probably not saying, forget. yeah, let's go. Let's not forget. Partially torn ACL, not fully torn right. ACL. Ten months to heal and be ready for football. Yep. Not seven, not nine, ten. Yeah. So there you are. Up uh, oh, there's our there's our national test that was coming over, Steve. Yeah. At two twenty. I thought it was supposed to be two twenty. I got two eighteen on my clock. What are you doing? Has nobody got a clock over there? Apparently, the emergency broadcast service works uh, ahead of time. Well, I guess I would rather know about a national emergency sooner rather than later. So. I guess I can't argue with that. We're all there. Here we go. Hope okay. my dog isn't flipping out my at home listening to the radio. My phone works. Yeah, so does mine. Let's get back to the phones and go to Dave in Buffalo. What do you got for us, Dave? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, gentlemen. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. Okay, uh, great day to be a Buffalo Bills fan. Three and one is a good thing. Now, now I'm getting the national alert. Can you hear me <laughs> over that anyways? Yeah, yeah go ahead. we got you. Okay, I just... I got a concern uh, with starting him in London versus here, you know, safe and sound here, even if it's an away game here in the States. I don't like a little tweak overseas and then having to come back on that plane ride from hell. I, I don't I don't like that idea at all. There's too much value in him to be healthy and ready for the rest of our year. But I wouldn't tell that to Miller if he wants to play. 
and I'm going to hang up and listen to you guys. All right. So what do you what do you think of that, Steve? He's concerned about something happens. You get a little tweak. And now he's got to jump on a plane and fly back five hours. I mean, you have a medical staff and an athletic training staff there. You may not have all your facilities at the ready, but you got your medical team, you got your athletic training they staff. Got all, the same doctors that look at him here will look at him there. They're all on the, on the plane, on the field, same group. Um, if it's a tweak, they'll know it. If it's more than a tweak, he's going to be down and off the field anyway. That flight ain't going to mean nothing because he'd make a flight like that to go get a second opinion in, in Aspen anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, it doesn't bother me. The doctors, the, the Bills doctors are top-notch. They know what they're doing. Uh, and if he wants to get a second opinion, maybe, you know, maybe it's an extra, you know, they have to wait. Well, no, it would be an away game. They'd fly home that night. Any, you're going to get home that night anyway after the game. Yeah. Uh, he'll just get on a flight and head out to go where he wants to anyway. So, it's now nah, I get it. You're a long way from home. Makes you feel vulnerable. But, listen, he's flying private. <laughs> direct. They're pl- flying private, direct, straight back to Buffalo. I don't think that's an issue. It's not like – now, you can say what you want. Like if something happened like it happened to DeMar, maybe. Uh, yeah, but it's not like England's a third-world country. Well, it's, and they speak English. Yeah. Well, if it was Germany, that's different because then you'd have to have somebody to translate and the doctors talking to our, do- our doctors talking to their doctors and, and having somebody to translate yeah, yeah. might be an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I could see that. But that's the only thing I can think of that would cause me some hesitation. Back on the tweet sheet, Jack says, I think the current approach of one day at a time is the right one. At the end of the preseason, Vaughn thought he was ready to go, and GM Brandon Bean said it was his call to IR Vaughn. This week again, Vaughn is saying he's ready. So I say let him practice, let him travel to the U.K., and if Sunday he's ready, put him in. Yeah. I mean, they're going to let the week play out. I think they are. But I think by Friday they'll they'll feel they have a pretty good handle on what they feel is prudent for Vaughn to do You know what will happen. Sunday. They're going to come up, and it's going to go like this. We'll find out that they're going to activate Vaughn. Yeah. If they activate him, boom diggity, he's in. Yeah. That's it. We're gonna, that's when we'll know. We make an announcement before they actually do it or whatever. But as of now, he's he's still on his twenty-one day window. Then we'll get a night. We'll get and when they first got here, I noticed this one thing: Sean and Brandon do. They'll wait till the eleven, the fifty-ninth minute of the eleventh hour to make the call, and they'll make the decision to activate him or not activate him for the week. That's how it'll work. So. That's when we'll find out. But you're right. They're going to play this day by day. There's, they don't have to make the decision for three weeks. But the, if they're going to make it about this week, it's late in the week when they'll do it, and they'll take this practice, and they'll see how he feels tomorrow, see how he looks tomorrow, and then, and then Friday. Maybe even see how he looks over there. Maybe. Maybe. Because Friday is over there. I don't know when the, the deadline for activating a guy on the – Saturday, 4 p.m. There you go. That, we'll find out at 345. On Saturday, hmm. I bet you maybe maybe because what are they going to they're going to tell Jacksonville, right? Let them practice, let them get all their prep in. We might find out Saturday morning, all right? Saturday afternoon, but that's when we'll find out, and they'll they'll play it very close to the vest, I would think. Steve on the tweet sheet says, "I think Bean talked Vaughn into sitting an extra four weeks, even though he wanted to play. 
I expect to see him in a limited role this weekend as a ramp-up game, perhaps only on third down passing situations. Now, the only caveat with that is if you have such a limited role, you're talking 10 to 12 plays if he's only playing on third down. And you're asking other players to cover that void. And you're, and you're potentially pulling a person out of another position group. You know, like, you're not going light at cornerback this week. You know what right. I mean? Right. Um, so there's, there's that to think about. There really is. Yeah. So, um, it, 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 yeah, the roster Like, he's already a part-time player because yeah. they rotate so much up front. Now you're going to cut that back from 30 to probably – I mean, teams only have 10 to 13 third downs You're talking a game. about 75 plays in a game. If he plays half of them, there he goes, 37 plays. He doesn't play half of them. They, he may play 20, 25 on a full game. Right. So you're talking about cut that in half. It's 12 to 14 plays. And now you've got 12 to 14 plays, and one of your defensive ends is not going to play. So you've got to spread that out amongst the rest of the guys. That's not nothing. It's not a big thing, but it's not nothing. Yeah, we'll be factored into the equation. And you got to hope nobody goes down. Correct. It's not – It's not. I don't know if it's as cut and dry as some may think it is. I know I've been trying to oversimplify and it's saying, hey, he's 100% healthy, looks good in practice, let's go. Um, you know, they feel they have a lot invested in him, which they do financially for sure. Particularly at this point. And for their long-range plans to, you know, win a Super Bowl title. Yeah, particularly this team, like you said, this team's a wagon. There's really no urgency to yeah. change anything, you know what I mean? They want to let it go as long as they can maybe. I don't know. We've got players up at the post-practice podium we're leading off with Josh Allen, who's addressing the media. Let's go there now. Week two, um, he's a baller, man. He, he's still considered kind of a young guy in this league, but he, he's, he's playing really good football right now. Um, and their, their defensive group right now is playing at a high level. They work together very well. Um, so we're going to have our hands full. What do you think? I mean, maybe... It's tough to, you're both first round draft picks, you're apart, it's like, I mean. First round, seventh overall, back to back years. I still think that's kind of crazy. Same name. Like, what do you make of that? Um, do you ever get confused? I mean, the, do I ever get confused? Not, 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 <laughs> just saying, like, internet searches. It's like, you know, you look at Josh Allen, you go, oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's, I think it's pretty crazy. He's one of the predominant pass rushers in this league. Um, you know, I think. Everybody that plays against them has to have a plan in place for him. We're going to be no different. Um, you know, we've played some really good D lines already early in this year, and uh, it's not stopping this week with with this group. And again, I think their DBs do such a, a great job of working together. Their linebackers are flying around the ball. Um, they got two Wyoming guys, Muma and, and Wingard. Those are my guys. So um, those guys are are good ball players. Josh, your uh, completion percentage is at an all-time high right now, career high. What does that say? Um, I just, again, I think Coach Dorsey's doing a good job of calling calling good concepts for our guys to get open. They're getting open. They're catching the ball. And, um, you know, that's, that's about it. Do you notice a difference between year one with Dorsey, kind of that relationship, and what it has been like through the first four games? Is it similar? Are there things you guys have changed? Oh, uh, I think it's it's fairly similar in, um, in a lot of ways. Um, but I just, you know, I've got so much trust in what he's doing. He's got trust in what I'm doing right now. I'm just trying to be an extension of him when I'm on the football field. Um, 
But in terms of our communication pre-game, you know, throughout the week in practice, letting him know what I what I don't, what I do like, um, him being responsive to that and, and hearing me out. Because um, ultimately, you know, we want to we want to call plays that our guys are comfortable with, um, plays that I'm comfortable with, and uh, plays that Dorsey likes. So sometimes, you know, those those all three have to match up and trying to get our guys in good position to catch the football and, and run the football for that matter. So um, he's doing a really good job with that. You mentioned it on London. Are you excited about this trip? Or, you know, I know you're probably not thrilled with losing a home game and, you know, the spectacle that comes with going overseas. Is that more of a distraction or how do you view it? I, I've never played over there, so I couldn't give you an honest answer. Um, I've never been to London. You know, I in terms of flight time and stuff like that, it, it's going to be weird being an East Coast team not flying back in time. Um, so in terms of like body clock, just making sure that we're staying on top of that, trusting what our uh, sports science people are telling us here, trusting what our, our trainers are telling us, being hydrated as much as possible and trying to get as much sleep as possible. I think that's that's one thing that, uh, you know, we've had guys that have done that, and that's that's the one thing that keep keeps coming up is just sleep cycle. So making sure we're, we're getting our rest and uh, – doing everything we can do to be prepared on Sunday. We talked to Sean a little bit about that, um, and he mentioned sports science again and how much research has kind of gone into this. It's a, what are they telling you guys? Is it like sleep on the plane, stay up Friday when you land? I know you go right from the airport or whatever your place and you have a practice or whatever. And what advice are you getting in advance of this? Um, honestly, it's, it's sleep on the plane, making sure we're, we're trying to sleep all the way through on the plane. Um, I'm not exactly sure how... Our operation is going to be when we get there. Um, I haven't really looked at the schedule quite yet, um, but again, I, I trust what coach is telling us and tr- trust what you know our people are telling us here. Um, yeah, so just trying to stick to that as much as possible. Follow up to that with all that you've been through in terms of you know games being moved due to snow. You've had to deal with a lot of logistical things, uh, pandemic related as far back as that. Um, is there like a framework? of preparation for dealing with whatever logistical challenge a trip like this presents. Is that even relevant? Some may say yes. I'm I'm kind of more also like it's it's football at the end of the day. You got to be able to to play your best in whatever process that everybody goes through for their own their own way. Make sure you get it done and, and be ready to go on Sunday. Does it What's feel like your... a home game like like you know the home team knowing that they've been there the whole week and they've played in that stadium you've never you never have? Yeah, in terms of home home game, not really, and I don't I don't know. I, um, yeah, I don't. It doesn't it doesn't bother doesn't bother me. Um, I will feel I do feel like Bill's Mafia is going to show some support in London. So hopefully there's a, a a good fan base there for us and giving us a good boost. Josh, What's your on favorite that British slang? Um, huh. <laughs> Can you give me some examples? Oh, I don't, there's a so many. The mind, mind the gap. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody governor. <laughs> Josh, um, I saw a graphic from the NFL UK from last year saying that you're in the top five jersey sales in the in the UK. Just, are you aware of your popularity across the pond? And just as a player, what do you feel? What do you feel your role is in helping to grow the game internationally when you go to play a game like in London? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I'm not sure if I'm. Liked, loved, or hated there. I guess we'll find out on Sunday. Um, but in terms of just being, you know, we're all ambassadors of this game, you know, especially when we travel abroad and play. So the best way that we can help support this game is just put as good a product on the field as we can and play at, at 
as a high level as we can. Um, and it comes down to execution on Sunday. So we're just trying to get prepared for that this week. Um, you know, I had a good practice today, make sure we, we continue with meetings today and tomorrow and um, finish strong with the practice tomorrow, get on the plane and, and get ready to go. You mentioned an elite pass rusher on their side of the ball. You got a pretty good one back today on the practice field. How big of a boost is that for you guys to see him out there on the practice field and potentially on the on the game field on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it's Von Miller, uh, first first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, the juice that he brings for the guys, uh, the trust that you know everybody has in him. You know, he's he's the ultimate closer. Um, so whenever he's ready to go, we're gonna welcome him with open arms and put him back there, and hopefully can pin his ears back and get the quarterback. But. Um, you know, our guys have been doing such a good job. You know, I don't want to take anything away from, from the guys that have been playing. You know, bringing in Flo and, and uh, you know, the guys that are playing well, Greg and AJ are stepping up, and uh, interior guys are playing really well, too. So um, it's, a, it's a very, very good unit adding a very, very good player, one of the, the greatest to play. Josh, you, um, you haven't played this early probably since your TV years, right? So. How much that, does that play in the back of your mind that you're really going to be playing like around 9, 9.30 a.m., even though you're going to be across the pond? Uh, I mean, hopefully we can, like I said, trust trust our guys and, and gals in here that are telling us how to get our sleep and our rest so it doesn't feel that early. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's football. Josh, you mentioned the fans earlier. The game talked about the, the, how loud it was Sunday. And uh, hurt hearing from some fans saying it was as loud as they can remember that stadium being. And when you're doing your job, you're asking for it to be quiet, but what was your impression of, of how noisy it was in there when the when the was out there? Was it as loud as you can remember? It was, but it could be louder. So that's a challenge to Bills fans. I was on the sideline trying to trying to get people going on those last third and fourth downs. Um, they can give us a little more, I think. That's a, that's a challenge to Bills fans. That we're going to need you. Here coming up, obviously when we play at home, and it's such a big advantage for us when we're able to do that. But I think we got a little bit more on us. Josh, how do you like really focus up after you know a big victory versus the Dolphins? We know it was a big win because it was the last win. But how do you focus up against a, a real good Jacksonville team? This team? Well, that's you said they're they're a really good team. Um, you know they they've shown that they can play at a high level. Um, they're a playoff team. They got a really good quarterback on that side of the ball. Um, some really good playmakers. So. Um, we got to understand that, and you know, it's the biggest one on our schedule because it's the next one, and we're not changing anything that we're doing throughout the week, um, other than traveling a day early. But in terms of preparation and game planning, like they have our entire focus. It's a it's a really good team that's going to take uh, 60 minutes of football on Sunday. All right, that's Josh Allen addressing the media after practice here on Wednesday. We will take a break. When we come back, we hope to have one day Quan Jones joining us in studio here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. We're gearing up for the Huddle for Hunger food drive on Tuesday, October 17th here at Highmark Stadium from 4 to 7 p.m. Fans and schools from the area are encouraged to organize their own Huddle for Hunger collection, bring their items to the stadium. Bills players Latavius Murray, Deion Dawkins, and all the rookies are expected to be in attendance. The top three schools who donate will be recognized at the October 26th game against the Bucks and receive a tour, tailgate party, and tickets to the game. You have been informed. Get it going. 
schools. Got one of the top three donations in terms of food items. That's a pretty good reward there. So yeah. check it out. Good uh, stuff. BuffaloBills.com for more information on the Huddle for Hunger coming up on October 17th. We are awaiting the arrival of one Daquan Jones, who should be here shortly. Wanted to freshen up after practice, Steve. Appreciate Get all that. squeaky clean, which, you know, it. well, you should appreciate it because he'll be sitting next, next to, to you. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a we had a perspiring Connor McGovern here a couple of weeks ago, and fortunately like he, we had a towel for the poor guy. He was like he jumped in a lake. He was so sweaty. <laughs> well, those big guys, you know. It's uh, hot out, man. I was asking him to turn the heat down out there today. It's 82 it was today. so hot. Going to be up over 80 again that tomorrow. Grass field beside the, the, the sun is at the right angle. That grass field right beside the field house, that field house reflects that heat off that white. It comes right back down. Oh, off the oh, wall there, gosh. yeah. It's like standing in a, under a heat lamp. Yeah. I would imagine big fellas like Daquan will be very happy when the weather turns and it gets cooler. But I was looking at the forecast for Sunday's game in London, and I was surprised to see it, Steve. Sunday's game in London, kickoff temperature is expected to be 77 degrees. So that's warm for London, 77. Yes, yeah, nice. I mean, I that realize was... the game's kicking off at 2.30 local time. It's one of the hottest parts of the day. But 77 for London in October? Yeah. That's, that's pretty stuff. warm. And so, here we are. We... Daquan just came in, scooched in, did the Chris Collinsworth slide there. That was a good one. Very nice. You got the Collinsworth slide down. Yeah. You got a broadcasting <laughs> career in your future there? Uh, maybe. Maybe I'm done. <laughs> I like how your seat went down, too, so I can <laughs> look at you. Well, yeah, sure. we can actually look him eye to eye since he's a lot bigger than we are. All right. Pretty, uh, pretty fired-up defensive front these last few weeks, man. Mm-hmm. You guys are not just holding it down. You're flat-out dominating. Yeah. Why do you think the blend – you know, 11 guys on defense has been so airtight the last few weeks. Uh, I think it comes down to being uh, sound in our fundamentals. Uh, we talk about it every day um, in practice. We focus on it. And, uh, you know, before every period, we talk about it. And we just take the field as, as a unit. And we know our, our main goal is that down or that, that series. Uh, we're just taking it play by play and series by series. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been working out for us. What's been the vibe now? I know Vaughn's been in the building, yeah. I mean, throughout. Uh, he hasn't been able to practice. But today, he did. Mm-hmm. How's it going? What's he saying? What's the uh, vibe? I mean, it was just good. We, we, we didn't want to put too much of that, you know, welcome back pressure on him. And, um, <laughs> you know, so. So, you know, he, he came out there like, you know, he was been out there the whole year. And it was just good to see him out there with his pads on yeah. and, and seeing the joy that, you know, what this game brings to him. So that was, it was pretty cool to, to see that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for the brief period that we get to view practice, he looked mm-hmm. like he was moving well. I know he was wearing a knee brace. That's yeah. probably a precautionary thing that the athletic training staff is saying. You're wearing that in practice, whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah. So put it on and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um but we know this guy was chomping at the bit in week one. Yeah. You know, now here we are in week five, and you guys are killing it already, With and he's not even on the field. I know. Like, are, do, you, do you even allow yourself to think, man, what are we going to – we're tied for the league league in sacks right now. What's it going to look like when this guy's part of the rotation? I mean, a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he's only he's only going to make us better, right? So, yeah. like, uh, right. it's going to open up more opportunities for everybody, and uh, – I mean, man, I just, I just can't wait to see what, what the dynamic is going to be like when he goes out there in the field. And, you know, we're all you know in this this groove right now of mm-hmm. playing really well. And um, I'm just I'm excited for him and for for our team to have him back. Man, I just can't, I can't wait. Yeah, they said, you know, taking it one day at a time. There's no mm-hmm. reason to hurry. I mean, the, the team's you're playing extremely well now without him. So, you know, let's just see how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. What's the vibe in the locker room about the trip to London? 
What are you guys talking about in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're ready to go. I mean, just another game. Uh, env- you know, the environment changes. We don't. You know, what I mean, the whole the whole mentality and uh, just uh, go out there and enjoy a nice little trip and come back with a W. Last week after the game, uh, some of your fellow teammates mm-hmm. gave you a little shine. Deservedly so. You know what? You're a very unsung player, I think, on this roster. I don't think it's on purpose by anybody out there that watches these games. I think a lot of people have a lot of respect for your game, but, you know, you know how it goes. The, mm-hmm. the pass rushers are going to get a lot of the shine, mm-hmm. and the linebackers making the interceptions are going to get a lot of the, the pub. But every week, there you are, doing yep. your job, keeping the linebackers clean so they can run and hit and make plays. And we've seen, I mean, Terrell Bernard's start, you know, I think there's a tip of the helmet to Daquan Jones for the start that Terrell Bernard is off to because you're keeping him clean a lot so he can run, hit, and make plays. So is it gratifying to you when a young guy in an important position on defense is making the impact he is knowing very often you're a direct result of why he's looking as good as he is? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, TB is a heck of a player. Yeah, and, uh, not to take anything yeah, away yeah, from yeah, him. Yeah, 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 he's a heck of a player, and he, and, um, you know, what he brings to the game is, is truly amazing. Um, but – uh, you know, I appreciate that. Um, you know, my my job is to go out there and and be the most dominant and physical player I can be. And um, you know, like I said the other day, you know, I played a three four my whole career, and you know, it's not my game. You know, what I mean, it wasn't me. Um, you know, I played a four three in college, um, to be back in that system, and you know, I was a three technique too. So you know, what I mean, so I I was able to play this game and play along the front every different position because I, I was able to, to adapt. And so, uh, you know, the one thing I never allow people to do was label me. So when people say, "Oh, well, he's you know run stop a two gapper," I mean, it's not who I am. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, my job is to go out there and and, and do my job at a high high level, and I thought I've been doing that uh, you know, over the last couple of years, and um, you know, especially in the system, um, you know, I, I love it so much. Um, I can go out there and, and really let my my game show in this in yeah. this game. Well, Daquan, thanks for spending a couple of my minutes with us. Congratulations on the great start the team's off to, and uh, stay in one piece over there in London. Huh? Thank you, I appreciate it. All yeah. right, it's Daquan Jones joining us here you, on yes. One Bills Live. We will take a break. Be back with more, including Von Miller at the podium. With the media, when we return here on One Bills Live, stay tuned. All right, back here on One Bills Live, post-practice podium, Von Miller standing by addressing the media. Let's go there now back how's it feel to be back and was it difficult remaining patient over the first four weeks of the regular season uh i mean i wouldn't say that it was difficult would i rather not have been hurt yes you know but i just think you know underneath like with my circumstances and you know been in league 13 years like being in a great facility like this i mean it it was it's kind of hard to walk around depressed you know i got two boys i got i got two beautiful boys you know it's it's really no matter what's going on with me, like it's really hard to walk around like depressed and feeling feeling sorry for myself. But I would rather be here. I would rather have my my football pads on. I'd rather be. Um, I would rather lead with my pads on and from the sidelines and in the film room. So I, I am happy to be back. I'm happy to be around my teammates. You know, it uh, it feels like I've been away from them from so long, and I see them each and every day. I'm in a I'm in a film room, in a locker room with them, in a training room, each and every day. But it, it feels like it's been. I've been separated from those guys for so long, man, and it, it feels good to be back in Gen Pop, you know, back with all the other guys, man. And, um, yeah, man, I, I think that was probably the most enjoyable thing for me is just 
to be able to put my pads on and be out there with my guys, to be out there with my teammates and, and dancing around and joking around after, you know, we get done with a set of plays and then locking back up and focusing on the task at hand. So it just feel good to be back with my teammates for sure. Physically, do you feel any limitations? I don't know. I, I didn't feel any limitations. I, I really tried not to think about it. You know, I'm cleared to go. Um, so I just tried not to think about it. And, you know, this is just a starting point for me. And just you just continue to build. It's just like starting training camp all over again and you put your pads on for the first time. It's just no matter how long you've been playing football, you got to you got to really get back into motion. So this is my first time putting my pads on since Thanksgiving. So it's you just it's a it's a building process. But I feel like riding a bike, a old bike, but it felt like, you know, it felt like I was just, you know, hopping back on the bike again, getting out there with my teammates. You uh... All right. Well, I don't how does that grab you? Doesn't sound like he's 100% certain he's playing on Sunday. He sounds like there's going to be a ramp-up period. Right. Is that the vibe you got from him? Yeah. It sounds. I, I, I think there's no way we're going to know until, he's, until Sunday just yeah. because they don't want you to. They may know now right. that he might, yet is or isn't playing, but they're not going to tell anybody until Sunday. All right. We'll see if there's more evidence provided tomorrow. As the the Vaughn turns here at One Bills Drive. (laughs) Steve and I back tomorrow at 1 here on One Bills Live. We'll see you then.